Welcome to God's Toolbox, the Bible. Here we connect the dots between God's Word and your real life experiences, challenges, and successes. Join us as we all get closer to living out God's purposes and His abundant life designed just for us. God bless you. our noonday service on today. We're just so glad to have you. And as you can tell by the music, I'm overjoyed that at this Christmas season right now. Last week was a little bit uh, melancholy for me, but today is all joy because I'm so thankful and grateful. So let us begin our noonday service as always with prayer. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord, that you thought so much of us, your creation, that you would come down from heaven to be with us, to 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 mix and mingle with us, to heal us, to show us how to be. Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. We glorify you that you're not some some entity in the sky that's that's not concerned about your creation, but you're concerned about everything that concerns us. And we say thank you. We thank you, Lord, today for those that are hurting, that you are able to take care of their hurts, that you're able to calm them. Not that we're thankful that they are hurting, but we are thankful that we have a God who can can heal them and restore them and bring them back into a place of joy. We thank you, Lord. We ask you to be with uh, the Rose Williams family on today, Lord, in their bereavement. We ask you to be with all of those that are sick among us in the family. We, we ask, Lord, that you would help us that are depressed and that may be down and out. Those of us that, that need your help financially. And Lord, all of us need you spiritually. And we just say thank you for who you are in our lives. We ask that you allow your Holy Spirit to come into this place, Lord, to speak through me, to teach your people that they may be encouraged, edified, and inspired. We thank you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen on today. The word comes from the epistle of Galatians. We're going to read just one verse, two verses, excuse me, Galatians chapter four, Galatians chapter four, verses four and five from the English standard version of the Bible. And this is what it says. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So I'd like to use today for our subject, the fullness of time the fullness of time. 
Paul uses that expression, but today we would most likely say, instead of saying the fullness of time, we would say at just the right time. Just the right time implies that there is also a wrong time. We know this to be true because if you pick fruit too early, it's likely to be bitter rather than sweet. Or maybe it's tough when it should be soft. A baby born too early is underdeveloped. An athlete sent out to play too soon without enough training is likely to be unprepared. So anything that happens outside of the right time, outside of the fullness of time, is likely to be defective. When Paul says that Jesus was born in the fullness of time, he was likely remembering all of the Old Testament prophecies regarding Jesus. We know them. We studied them in Bible study. It was prophesied when Jesus would be born, what would be going on during that time. It was prophesied where he would be born, you know, in the small town of Bethlehem during the time when it was time to pay taxes. We know that he was to be born to a virgin and a star would appear in the sky and and pave the way to the virgin birth of Jesus, baby Jesus. We know through prophecy that Other babies were to lose their lives because King Herod was looking for baby Jesus. And in order to to kill just the right one, he killed all the babies that were born, the male babies that were born during that time period. We know from prophecy that to keep that from happening to Jesus, that Mary and Joseph took him to Egypt to hide him. We know all of those things through prophecy, prophecies that were written in the Old Testament years before Jesus was ever born. And at just the right time when all of those prophecies came together, Jesus was born. Jesus was born. And so we know that because of the fact that all those things converged and then the birth occurred, it means that Bible prophecy can be trusted. So when we hear the prophecy that Jesus is coming back again, we know that it can, it will happen just like it's been prophesied. We know the Bible is reliable. We know that When Jesus was born, the fullness of time had come for that thing. And we know that God keeps his promises no matter how long it takes. No matter how long it takes. So when we pray for God to move on a situation, to make something happen for us, to give us a certain thing that we're asking for, we have to trust that God knows just the right time to give it to us, to make that thing happen for us. We have to trust God. God is reliable. 
And if we're going to trust God to handle it, then we ought to back out of it and stop trying to handle it ourselves. I'm preaching to me now. We must take it to the altar and leave it there. You know that song, leave it there. Take it to Jesus in prayer and trust that he will handle it his way at just the right time. How how do you know this, Pastor? How do you know that that Jesus is going to fix things for us? How do you know that it will come at the right time? Well, there's several instances in the Bible where we see that people tried to fix things themselves. And it turned out to be a terrible mistake with long-lasting implications. Let's, let's look at one of those instances. And we don't have to go very far in the Bible to see it. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abram to leave his country and go to a land that he would show him. And he did that. He did just as God told him. And he was blessed, became very rich. In Genesis 15 and 5, God told Abram that his descendants would be as numerable as the stars of the sky. Descendants. That means he had to have children or at least a child in order to have descendants. And so by chapter 16, we see that he had no children. And no doubt, Abram had shared that prophecy with his wife, Sarai, at the time. And even if he didn't share it, we know that she was his wife. And in those days, women were considered useless practically if they they could not bear their husband a child, especially a male child. So we see here that this is where the story takes a downturn because Sarai appeared to be barren. She couldn't give her husband Abram a child. So she devised a plan of her own. They had left Canaan and gone to Egypt because of a famine. And so in that land where they were, apparently they, she took a handmaiden, an Egyptian woman. Sarai did. She took on a handmaiden named Hagar. And she decided at this time that she was going to tell Abraham, I'm going to give my handmaiden Hagar to you so that you can have a child by her and we can have a descendant. And even though Abram could have refused her suggestion, 
Really, he should have refused her suggestion. He did not. He did lie with Hagar, and she had a child. At that time, Abraham was 86 years old. But we know that when God makes a promise, he intends to fulfill his promise. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. And so more than 10 years passed after that baby was born that Hagar had. And at the age of 99, God changed Abram's name to Abraham and told him that he would be the father of many nations. He also changed Sarai's name to Sarah and told Abraham that she would be the mother of many nations. A chapter later in Genesis 18, he told Abraham that by the time next year, it was told to him by the angel of God that Sarah would have a son, the son of promise. Not that the previous child that had been born by the handmaiden Hagar, that's not how Abraham was to be the father of many nations, according to God. No, it was to happen through Isaac, through Sarah, having a child of her own, even though she seemed to be barren and way past childbearing age and and, and and by the time the baby was born, Abraham was a hundred years old. A hundred years old. So she didn't have to do anything with Hagar. She didn't have to offer her husband another woman to have a, a surrogate by a baby. But that had already occurred. Because Sarah and Abraham did not wait for God's fullness of time. And that's what we have, we, what happens to us when we can't wait. We can't wait on God, so we have to try to fix it for ourselves. No, I'm not telling you to sit and do nothing and twiddle your thumbs, but I'm telling you that you need to consult God first about everything trust in the lord with all your with all everything that's in you and lean not unto your own understanding but acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path that's what they should have done because even though now they have baby Isaac that was born to Sarah. There's also Ishmael that was born of Hagar. And by this time, he's like 12 years old. And there had been trouble before now between Hagar and Sarah. Because once Hagar had a baby, it seems that her, her humble attitude changed. She became arrogant. 
She had a baby when Sarah couldn't have one. And then her child, Ishmael, taunted Isaac. And Sarah couldn't take it. She wanted, wanted Abraham to get rid of Hagar and Ishmael. A problem she created. Something that was her idea. And so Hagar was sent away with her child. They were banished to the desert. But God loves all his people, all his children. And he took care of them. And he even told Hagar that her son Ishmael would be blessed as well as Isaac. And that, and that there would be many nations that resulted from him. But the problem that Sarah caused was still there. Because even today, even today, the lineage of Ishmael, the Arabs, and the Muslims are still fighting those that were descendants of Abraham and Isaac, the Jews. One woman caused all that because she didn't wait for the fullness of time to occur. Be careful trying to dictate to God when something should happen. We like to say it, do it for me, Lord. Do it now, right now. I've said it in my prayers, right now. We need to be careful about the language that we use, the strategies that we have, the things that we do. God is not like us. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows all the problems that could occur when you get something too early that you're not prepared for, things that we don't know about. And we wonder, Lord, have you forgotten me? I've been praying for this thing for years and years, but it will occur in the fullness of time if we allow God to have it. We take our hands off of that thing and give it to the Lord in prayer and trust him in the fullness of time. In the fullness of time. Don't get discouraged. Don't try to do it in your own understanding. The people had prayed for years and years for a Messiah, a Savior, to come and to, to take care of them. But it didn't happen for generations. But through 42 generations, God kept his promise. And he pulled it all together like pieces of a puzzle, everything fitting 
in its rightful place. And at just the right time, Jesus was born. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful. We thank you, Lord. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are God, and beside you there is no other. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we praise you, Lord, that even though you are way above us and higher than we are, you understand us and you sympathize with us. And you care about us. And you care about everything that concerns us. And so, Lord, we turn it all over to you today. Those things that we're praying for, those people that we're concerned about. Lord, we give it to you in faith, knowing that at just the right time, you will show up on our behalf mightily in the fullness of time. Thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you guys for being on the noonday service today. We finished a little early. Um, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas that's coming up on Sunday. I ask you to be safe out there as you go about running your errands. But remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. So whatever you do, don't forget what God did for us at just the right time. He interceded on our behalf. And so we have all the benefits of a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Thank you. And I'm going to say, have a good rest of your day. Now unto him who's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Let us all say, Amen. God bless you.